All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stacks in the City. I am Ashley. Hey, you all. I am here with the amazing and beautiful Candace Latham. Hey. Latham. Hey. Latham. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you're here. You all. So we're doing our very first IG Live podcast. I don't know if this has ever been done before, but we are recording live as we speak. And we're going to be talking about all things money, personal finance, investing, all that fun stuff. So we have been doing a lot of chit-chat uh, online during quarantine about investing in the market. Why is it a really good idea to do that? But what if you're not necessarily ready financially to do that? What if you got a lot of debt? What if you don't know how to budget? What if? What if? Is it still a time where you can do that? Is it possible to even get involved? If you want to get involved, should we just start from the beginning? What do we do? You guys, I have Candace Latham here to tell us exactly what it takes to make sure that our money is right, to answer these questions, and to get us started on the right foot when it comes to personal finance. So, Candace, thank you again for coming, being here, looking fabulous. <laughs> so, I really want to start from the beginning. From I, I love to get a context about people and the way they were raised, how money was raised for them. I think that's very important in determining how we interpret our money now. So tell us a little bit about like, how you grew up and how money was taught to you. Yes, of course. So I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, so born and raised. And, like, we didn't grow up, you know, like, I don't come from a family of money. And, like, my mom is, like... I guess my, I guess opposites attract because my mom is like very like frugal. She likes to save money. She's always like going to thrift stores or like just, just trying to always find a bargain. Amen. And like my dad, he was the complete opposite. You know, like he wants to look fly. He want, he wanted to drive the Cadillacs. He wanted to have the Jordans, you know, um, like he kind of liked to, to wear his wealth. Right. So like I had like the two opposites. And so my, my mom's way of teaching us about money was actually, she would give us $5 a week. Right. And um, that $5 had to last us. I'm in, like, middle school, high school. I'm like, Mom, how is this $5 going to last us, right? She's like, well, you spend all you have on Monday. You're not going to have enough to last you by Friday. So Wait, this $5 had to last you all week? <laughs> yeah, that $5 was supposed to last us the whole is week. Is this 1930s? <laughs> and I was, this is, like, middle school, high school. So, like, after a while, like, $5 obviously wasn't enough. And, you know, I had to start working on my own. So, I was in a program called Urban Scholar. So, I would receive a stipend. And then so I was received that stipend and then I was also working on the weekends at a ski resort like babysitting. So I was earning money and it was like my junior year of, of high school and I had made like $10,000 that year. But like, guess how much money I had in my bank account? Like, how much? I had zero dollars in my bank account. Even well, hold up. Where did it, so I'm assuming that you're still living at home and your parents are probably taking care of all of your yep. big bills. Where did that money go? <laughs> Girl, let me tell you where that money went. Like, I, I think of the habits of my dad, you know? Like, I was just wearing my wealth. Like, mm. I had so many fingers. I didn't have to repeat a shoe for, like, three weeks. I had a two-finger ring. I had a gold ring that said candy on it. Why I had a gold finger ring that said candy, I don't know. Because it was but the 2000s? That's why? <laughs> <laughs> that's why? We yeah, had. like, I was just buying, shopping. Like, that's where all my money went. Mm. So, like, I, you know what? That still didn't stop me. But I did notice. Like, wow, I made all this money, but I have no money in my bank account. Um, and my mom, she was like a single mom, so my parents got divorced. Um, but then I ended up going to college, and you know, I'm st- in college. I started like reading more money books, um, but I still wasn't really like following them. You know, of I'm course, reading, of course, you know, of I'm course. Like, well, what are you doing? But I'm not really taking action. 
Of course. Um, so then I graduated college and I graduated with $38,000 student loan debt. And um, I eventually ended up getting like a credit card too. And so like I have now I have credit card debt and I have student loan debt. And then like my first job, I was only making like $30,000 like out of college. I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to like pay? And oh my, let me say this is an important fact because I had to move back home because where else am I going? Where I'm living with $30,000? Like, exactly. Stuck in my own apart, luxury apartment, you know, buying all these nice things. So I, I was living at home. So that definitely cut down on my like living expenses. Um, Cause my mom, she was charging me like two fifty, like two fifty a month. That was like my rent payment that I had to pay. Oh, so I was like, okay, your mom was really out here. She ain't playing. We just on this frugal tip. Yeah, it went up a little bit though. <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> yeah, so like now I'm working. This first job I was making thirty thousand dollars a year, and then I got laid off like after six months. So now I'm like, I had just kind of started paying my student loans too. My student loan minimum payment was like three hundred dollars a month. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? So I actually had to, like, pause my student loans during this time um, because I couldn't, like, afford to pay them. And I was up searching for another job. So, so I went to school for graphics. And so I was just kind of, like, teamed up with one of my friends. He, like, kind of started, like, freelancing. And so he was like, let's just help people, like, build their websites. I was just like, okay. So that was kind of bringing in some money in the meantime for me. Um, while you were laid off job. from your, like, 9 yeah, to 5 while I was laid off. Like, yeah, so I had a little bit of income coming in. Um, but then I ended up applying to a bunch of jobs and then I got another job, which I was making like $38,000 a year. So I was just like, okay, 38 is better than 30. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like how it started. Like I'm now I'm at this ad agency job making $38,000 a year. You know, I made sure to sign up for my company's 401k program so I could start investing that money. Um, but I was, I was still paying the minimum of my debt. So all this time I'm paying the minimum balance, paying the minimum balance. What? Um, it all is so, so to interrupt, but it sounds to me that you were already kind of thinking ahead. Like it seems to me that you were already kind of taking some action when it comes to getting your money right. You were you were actively trying to pay debt. You were kind of aware of it. It seems like you were like you said already opting into your four hundred one k. I think a lot of people either may or may not know about that, especially like when you're just getting out of college. It seems like you were kind of on that path. Yeah, I think it's just because I was reading the personal finance book. So, like, maybe mm. I was, like, I thought I wasn't taking action, but I'm still, Take, like, learning. So gotcha. Like, okay, this is what I got yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so now I'm at my job. I'm working there for a few years. And I decided to just, like, start a blog. I was just like, you know what? Let me just start a blog and just start talking about, like, you know, my money journey. Um, so I started, a, like, a blog just talking about money and sharing the different books that I was reading. But it wasn't until, like, 2015 that I actually started getting serious about, you know, like, paying down my debt aggressively. Um, so up until that point, in, like, 2015 is kind of when I actually I started, like, learning more about, like, a personal finance community. I didn't even know that there were other people blogging about money. And I had attended, like, a conference called FinCon. And, okay. like, this conference was, like, yeah, I was just, like, I met so many other people. They just, like, opened up my eyes. It was people, like, investing in real estate. You know, there were people, like paying down their debt. There were people who had their own business. I was like, whoa, I don't know nothing about this. You know, all I kind of knew was just this nine to five world, this, you know, have debt forever world. Like, you know, that's all I kind of knew. So they kind of, this community kind of opened up my eyes to what was possible in life. Um, so in 2015, I actually created like a debt challenge. And it was a just like me. for yourself? Email. Yeah, from my, like on my blog, I started a debt challenge. I sent it out. I was just like, hey, like let's make paying off debt fun. 
uh, is anybody interested in like being in this debt challenge? And you know, whoever whoever pays off the most debt in like eleven weeks would just like get like a pot of money. So like you have to like pay to get in, but then at the end, like you would win like five hundred dollars. Like that's how we. That's so did fun. It. Yeah, so it was like fun. We're all like in a Facebook group, so I think community is like a, a big word that's kind of a part of you know my journey because like. If you, I saw this quote yesterday that said, like, if you want to change your habits, you have to surround yourself with other people who are doing what you want to do. And so, yeah, so I built this community. At the end of the 11 weeks, we ended up paying off, like, collectively as a group, like, $39,000 of debt. Like, and it was only, like, 11 of us. It was, like, usually, like, 9 or 10 of us. It was, like, 10 or 11 of us in this, like, group where we're just paying off debt. Obviously, I couldn't win, but even during this challenge, I ended up paying off, like, one of my student loans. So Good I was just like, wow, this is great. And how, what yeah. was the duration of the challenge? It was 11 weeks. It was $11,000. $30,000. Yeah, like $39,000 during that time. And so I was just like, wow, this is like so powerful, you know? Um, and it was just like a small win for me because I usually do like the debt snowball. So I was focusing on paying the debt with, you know, on the smallest balance first. And so... Thanks, y'all. I appreciate that. So, yeah, so once I paid off that small debt balance, um, that kind of motivated me. Like, wow, I have to pay that one off. But I might as well just keep going and paying off the rest of them. That is amazing. Look at the power of people. That's what I'm getting from that, too. Like, the power of what happens when, when you bring people together. You have no, like, you're completely vulnerable. You're being honest with yourself and with others about what your situation is. And then you all are working together to, to, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and it was kind of new for people because people couldn't believe that we were even like sharing our money. Online. Right. That's so exactly. Email, like, there are people you sharing your business online. Exactly. <laughs> you know how black folks are. Yeah, I know. I said it. I was always like, hey, well, don't go on this house, save this house. Don't we call our That's business. right. <laughs> good for you guys. But it was coming from a good, like a positive place. Yeah, it was coming from a positive place. So after the debt challenge, you know, I continued to just, you know, focus on paying down my debt. Um, but... Okay, so but before that time, so I'm paying off debt, but I'm also still investing in, like, my company's 401k. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like, before I kind of got serious, I, I should have said this, before I got serious about progressively paying down my debt, I had opened up um, a Roth IRA account, and I also opened up a separate brokerage account. So I had, like, my 401k, right. and I had a Roth IRA, and then I had an individual account where I was investing in stocks as well. Um, and the brokerage account, I opened up one year when... I actually decided to do something smart with my tax refund this year. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take $1,000 and open it up a brokerage at Charles Schwab. That's what I, I used it. So that's what I did. Real, Just like that. Wait, so you were still like in debt and you money. still decided to go ahead and make, like, start some investing as well? Yeah, I was still in debt and I started to start investing because, yeah, I just felt like it was important for me when I just did my net worth. When I did my, one day my cousin was just like, what's your net worth, Candace? And at first I only thought about net worth as like celebrities. I'm like, I don't know what my net worth mm. is, right? He's like, well, I was 23 then. He was like, well, if you're 23, you should have at least $23,000 of assets. And I'm just like, wait, what? Uh, like, uh, where'd that come from? Assets. And I graduated with 38000 you know? So I was in the negatives at that point when I was 23. And he asked me, I was in the negatives. So that was kind of motivation. I was just like, okay, I want to get into a positive net worth. And that's what you did to work to get there. So we're going to talk about like debt versus investing a little bit later because, again, I think that's a very interesting topic. Like I said, it seems to me that you did do a lot of educating at, from the jump. And I want to know what some of the books that you read, some of the resources that you had 
to get you there? What, what were you reading about? So I was reading like, you know, Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich. And I was reading um, this one book that I, I love. It was called um, A Millionaire by 30. And it was by this guy named Alan Corey. And so what I loved about this book was that um, every month, like he was documenting his network and how much he had. So he like went from back when he was going to college, but you know, his parents, he didn't have to pay for student loan. I think his parents had paid for his college. So he graduated being debt free already. Um, but he was working at a job that he didn't really love, but he just wanted to, you know, earn enough money. So by the time he was 30, like he could kind of retire. And so like every month you, at the end of the chapter, you'd see his network. So we started with like, you know, zero. And then he'd be like, okay, I opened up this account. And then I had a 401k. So that's kind of how I learned about a 401k. So I was just like, wow. oh, we have a 401k. Maybe I should get one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so then he started like investing in rental properties. And he was just talking about like the mindset that you needed because all his friends were graduating college and like, you know, buying these luxury apartments or like, you know, yeah. buying this nice furniture and shopping at thrift stores to get a couch and his friends are coming over. Like, why do you got this dirty couch? Right. You can just get a nice furniture. He's like, nope. And so, like, he just started putting his money into, like, you know, saving up his money so he could buy rental property. And then by the time he was 30, he became a millionaire. You know, he started buying buildings. Like, so it was just motivating just Turn to read up. his story and like, see his net worth growing. That is a first. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Y'all. Oh, oh my God. I'm having heart palpitations. Y'all need to get literate. That's all I got from this. Literacy is so important. I think finding something to read, finding people who have inspired you, who aren't, like you said, they're not necessarily in your circle, can really get you inspired to doing to doing what you need to do to get your money right. So, guys, oh, my gosh. I'm going to definitely, oh, sorry. I'm just having a moment. I know. I feel dehydrated all of a sudden. I've just got lightheaded. Literacy, y'all, is number one. Number one. Okay. So let's, we're going to zoom back a little bit. Talk a little bit more about this debt community. So for me, it seems like the, the one thing that y'all did was come together, be positive, and be honest about where your money went. But mm-hmm. what was it about that month that motivated you to start paying off more money? What were people doing? What were you doing? Besides yeah, getting this so cash like, prize, what were y'all doing? That was any different <laughs> from any other month. Your it seems like your income didn't necessarily change within like January to February. What were y'all doing? Yeah, so it was very motivating because I'm seeing other people like put thousands of dollars, like a thousand dollars in debt, and if I was only gonna put two hundred, I'm like, oh, I can't just put two hundred dollars and somebody's put a thousand. Um, so uh, <laughs> and you're the like, one who's you know, doing it. Hustling. Some people like one guy, he was like a fitness trainer, so he started like you know taking on more clients. Um, I, since now I had my blog during this time, so I had my nine to five, but I was also, you know, making money from my blog. You know, I was doing, I had like money coaching, I had digital products. Um, so I was able to make money and I was also like, you know, doing like freelance design work for other clients. So like, that's how I was able to like bring in extra money outside of my nine to five. Gotcha. So, so you were doing, so basically all that like extra money outside of your nine to five was going toward paying off your debt. Yeah, that's where it was going. Some of y'all need to get a second job. That's what I heard from that conversation. Yeah, I think that's that's another important piece here of my debt journey. It's just like earning more income. Mm. Because it's like you can only cut back so much. You know, they got that that gospel song, just like after you've done all. Amen. What are altos? I can cut back all you can in your budget like there's only so much you can do and then I was just like you have to make more money so you can put that money towards the debt that's right because paying the balance isn't really gonna get it moving no 
And the way that debt, um, like your student loans, credit card companies, the way they have it set up is so that you pay just enough so that they get the maximum amount of profit. So they're the ones who are benefiting, not you. Yeah, now you get hit with interest, and now it's just growing. Yeah, yeah, and pass the saying, yeah, keep your, and keep your first job, right? I know we're so quick to be like, I'm going to put this down to five. Yeah. But yeah, the nine to five played a big role because now it's just like it's extra income versus, you know, when you're a full-time entrepreneur, it's like you have to use that money. Hey, Fusa, when you're a full-time <laughs> entrepreneur, you have to use that money to live and pay business expenses and pay taxes and, mm. like, you know, versus that just being extra. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I got from that conversation, too. Please explain to people what a 401k is. Explain to people how many of us are already in that. Just, I'm going to let you handle this. Okay, Okay, so uh, 401k, uh, well, some companies offer 401ks to their employees. So if you're working there, it's kind of like free money because sometimes they're matching what you're actually putting up putting into the market from your paycheck. So it's not like you're getting this money and then they're just taking it away. It's already taken away from you before you even, you know, decide. So that's what I love about it because it's not like I'm used to already spending this money. It's like from day one, I signed up. So I don't even know what my life is like with this extra money. Because I think sometimes we get used to like earning the certain amount and now we're like, I can't cut back. Like they can't take $300 out of my paycheck. Like how am I going to live now? Um, so I think that, Signing up to your 401k is a, a good idea, especially if the company is offering a match. So what what exactly is a 401k and what is a what's a match? So I, I like to think about it just like a, a vehicle, like a, like a bucket or a vehicle to place your money in that is like growing in the market. Like it's, just, it's not like a savings account but because you're getting more interest in this in this one vehicle. Right. And so like. A match is actually like a company, like adding money to like if you have this bucket, it's like a co- the company is actually pouring money into your bucket for you, what? and you're putting money in this bucket as well. And so like Ooh. when you have two two sources putting more money into this bucket, that's how it's able to like grow faster. My cup runneth over. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I was like at this job, like I was work, I worked this job for like five years, and there were people that. We're still didn't sign up for the company's 401k. They're like, oh, yeah, I haven't signed up yet. And I'm just like... Really? So the 401k basically is like an investment account, but through your employer. Like if you have a nine-to-five job, it's through your employer. You're putting money away that you never see. Make sure I got this right. You're putting away money you never see, and the company is putting money in there for you. Yes. So if I put a dollar in, they put a dollar in. Every company has a match, but like, yeah, most companies do have a match. Y'all, I hope y'all, we gonna, oh goodness, those palpitations are back. We're gonna do, I think I wanna do a big episode on like 401ks too. I think a lot of people don't know that they're investors themselves. They are actively investing in the stock market if they participate in the, like a 401k or in DC, we have a lot of federal employees, so it's your TSP account or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, gonna, it's like free money. Free y'all, and we y'all we love free. I know I love free. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Good gracious. Anyway, okay. So it seems like to me building community. We talk about that. We're building community, getting a second job, and you were yeah. you living at home at this time as well. Yep, I was still living at home. Okay. Uh, there's a question. Can you clarify if you should have a minimum of your age, your age and assets? 
Um, I don't know if that's like an actual rule. I just know that's what my cousin was telling me when he asked me about what my net worth was. And he was just like, well, if you're 23, which I was 23 at the time, he said you should have at least $23,000 of assets. Like that's what he, that's what he said to me. And so, but I didn't, I was in the negatives at that point. So I didn't have right. There is, I forget some of these publications that honestly, I think are a little bit out of touch with our generation. No offense. Had this like, um, Remember there was a big controversy about you said like $75,000 in assets by like 30 or something? Do you remember that? There was a huge outrage about like, that's impossible. You can't have $70,000 in debt when we're all blah, blah, blah. It was a huge thing. Maybe not. I remember hearing about that. I'll see if I can find, I'll, and I was probably trying to send it to you. But anyway, first of all, this, that's a bit difficult. And I think a lot of people don't even understand what a net worth is. They don't understand what it means to have assets. I think... Yeah. Um, we're so pressed to talk about, like, the yearly salary. I have friends who are really excited about getting more money each year, which is important. Mm-hmm. But if you're not keeping that money, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, it's, I think that we have to be focused not just on our salary, but actually using that salary to grow our assets. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> if not, we're just getting older, we're making more money, but it's basically just going out the window. It's going out the window. And it's funny, I so talked to... Yeah, I thought I it's funny I talked to a lot of my friends' parents and they're inching away toward retirement. But there's they're just as lost. They don't know either. A lot of them don't know. And I'm like, wow, can you imagine, you know, being sixty almost sixty years old or so and you don't know if you have any money in the in the four oh one K, you don't know what that is. But they, no yeah, one really explained exactly. it to them either. And I think, like, the community, that's the community, the people you surround yourself with matter. Like, my mom, she works at, like, you know, a big institute, a big college university in Boston. And, like, a lot of the, she works in the HR department. And a lot of the employees there, a lot of, even, like, the African-American employees weren't signing up for their 401k. They weren't signing up for all the benefits. Of course, the other counterparts were signing up, and they had all this money. So they just now made a law, maybe, like, two years ago for the university to automatically enroll people into the 401k. Before Good. that, like, people were 55, 60 years old talking about, can I retire? And they didn't even sign up at all. You know, and it's like, it's just so sad. I know. It makes me really sad. Like, but yeah, you said it's lack of knowledge. Or a lot of us are scared. My grandfather, he would put money in the mattress. I didn't sign a bank account until I was 16. Because I was oh, afraid. Wow. Yeah, I read about the Great Depression. I didn't like that. I'm like, I'm not going to happen to me. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's just like what we don't know. It can't hurt us, you know. It can't. Exactly, exactly. So I have a question on my end about touching on assets versus liabilities. Yeah. What is that? What's it mean? Oh, your net worth is like, your net worth is kind of like a financial report card, you know? I like to think about it as like a financial report card. And so your assets is just like, you know, we talked about like different investment vehicles. So we talked about the 401k, we talked about, you know, the Roth IRA, you know, we talked about individual brokerage accounts. So those are like assets and also your savings. If you have money in your savings account, those are assets as well. And your liabilities is just like your debts, you know. So if you have credit card debt, if you have, you know, a medical debt, if you have you know, a car loan, you have, yeah, student loans. Like these are all liabilities. So your net worth is actually just like all of your assets and now subtracted by all of your debt. And so the number that you get is what your financial report card is or what your net worth is. 
So if you want to increase your net worth, you should probably focus on decreasing the liability. So paying off any debts that you have. Yeah, I think that yeah, paying off your debt does help increase your net worth. And I think that for me, it was important for me not to just wait until I paid off, like I was completely debt free before I started investing at all. Because I became debt free at January, I think it was January 2017, December of 2017, I became debt free, right? So if I had just waited until December, and when I graduated, when I became debt free, my net worth was was $53,000. So it's just like, but if imagine if I did it. You know, if I didn't invest and I just became debt free at 28 and my net worth just now at zero, like, I, and now I'm 30, like, I wouldn't be worth $53,000. Like, <laughs> like, you know. Interesting. So, okay, which actually perfect timing for this question. Do you recommend paying off your debt or saving or do you want to do, you recommend doing that at the same time? And I have that question too. Like, should we invest while we're paying off debt? Yeah. I think that it's important to do, you know, all of I think it's important to, like, save money. I think it's important to invest. And I think it's important to pay off your debt. But, like, you got to understand, like, at first, I was paying the minimum of my student loan debt. I graduated in 2011, and I was paying the minimum until 2015. So it's just, like, I didn't do everything at the same time. It's, like, my assets were growing, and I was focusing on, you know, okay, let me put money in my 401k. Now let me take my tax refund and open up an individual account. Okay, now maybe next year I'll open up the Roth IRA account. But, like, all this time, I was only paying the minimum on my debt and then focusing on paying off my credit card debt because I have credit card debt as well. So mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, I paid off the credit card debt. And then once 2015 hit, now it was like, okay, the credit card debt is gone. I'm already investing in these vehicles over here. Now I can focus on the student loans. Got it, got it. So you're kind of dabbling in each kind of asset. So you're spending money, you're saving money, you're paying off debt, you're growing your assets. But you're kind of focusing on like a specific entity. A specific thing. Yeah, I'm focusing on a specific thing like at a time, but I'm still doing it. So like even if I had to like, let's say, for example, maybe when I was focusing on, you know, my investment period, my 401k, like I'm getting like the full match, you know, whether that was like 11 percent, 12 percent, I'm investing that, you know, whatever. That's the max that I could invest. I'm investing that. But then when I was just like 2015, it's time to focus on the student loans. Maybe I brought that the percentage down a little bit. Like maybe I can't get the full thing. Maybe I just have to do like half, you know. But I'm still doing something. And excuse me, that investment piece, like when you were starting with the four hundred one k, seemed a little bit more of a passive kind of thing, right? Because um, like employers are kind of investing for you. Every month I have to log in and actively take Mm. money. Like it was just you know like out of sight, out of mind. Like I'm doing this, but I'm just living my life. Good. Look at that. So okay, while you were still actively paying off your student loan debt and your credit card debt as well. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So I'm trying to pay off some debt. Let's say I'm trying to pay off some debt. What, what would I need to do first? Do I need, should I focus on credit cards first? Should I focus on student loans first? I'm overwhelmed. I think that if you have, if you have credit cards and student loan debt, like for me, like I focus on the credit cards first because they have the higher interest rate. Like credit cards have like you know eighteen percent, twenty three percent, you know APY. So I was why just is like, that okay, a, well, why is that a bad thing? Oh, because the higher the percent, the interest rate, the higher you know the fees that they're charging you every month. So it's like you know they could be charging you like forty five dollars, depending on like how much you spend. They could be charging you fifty dollars a month. They could be charging you seventy dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month. And ah! so like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so you gotta make sure they're getting the credit cards kind of paid down first because they're. 
you're losing money um, faster over there. Gotcha, gotcha. So the lower, you want to pay like high interest rates first, kind of, or or like higher balances? Um, I, yeah, because you know, now you're talking about there's two ways to pay down debt. Well, mostly two ways. I don't probably like remix it, add extra ways in there. So there's like, you know, the avalanche method is just like focusing on paying off down the debt with the highest interest rate. And then there's the snowball, debt snowball method where you're paying off the debt with the smallest balance. And usually I try to pay off the debt with the smallest balance first because like I like to just get small wins. Even though in the long run you end up paying more money because you're not focused on getting rid of the debt with the highest um, interest rate. Um, so yeah, I focused on the, the debt snowball method. So I kind of put my my credit cards, like I sat down and I was just like, okay, how much debt do I have in credit cards? Now I, I, I list them down from like the lowest balance to the highest balance. And like, that's what I was focusing on paying off first, like in that order. So I didn't even put my student loans in the mix with this. Got, okay. So you start, okay. So we're kind of separating and organizing a little bit too. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So now that, now that you've built or now that you've paid off your debt, what are you doing now to build wealth? Like, what do you see yourself? Like, what are you doing to increase your net worth? How do you see yourself increasing your net worth in the future? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I actually got so the other job. Now I was earning thirty eight thousand, and I my net worth. I mean, my salary at my job. I was there for five years. It went from it only went from like thirty eight thousand to like maybe like forty one thousand. My income. That's all it went. Then I got let go. So I got let go in January of twenty. No, January, when did I get let go? I got let go in 2017. And so, yeah, so I still had $10,000 of my student loan debt left to pay off. And then in December of 2017, I became debt-free. Um, so when I got let go, I was just kind of like, okay, now what am I going to do? But I was kind of low-key happy that I got let go because I wasn't happy at my job. I know, and that's I right. To, I was trying to plan my escape. I was like, okay, maybe I should start saving money in a separate account. So I called this account like living life on my own terms and I started like putting money and savings aside so like I could at least have a little cushion because um, I was trying to decide like, am I going to go back to a nine to five? Am I just going to try to work for myself? Um, so I ended up like freelancing. So I was freelancing at this company where I was making more money freelancing than I was at my nine to five. Plus I also had like, you know, my other side design clients, which I actually turned that into the Late Agency. So I'm like a freelancer, but I also have, I created the Late Agency where I help business owners craft their content, you know, I help them with their brand identity, help them with their graphics. So I am now like, you know, I'm fully employed by myself right now. So what I'm actually doing to build wealth, I still have, you know, my my brokerage account where I invest in, but I also sign up for a solo 401k. So I invest money in there as well. You know, when I can, because, you know, as a business owner, it's like, okay, you got to make sure you're different. Yeah, yeah. What's left here that I can, like, you know, put into my investments. But no, in the future, I would definitely love to, like, get involved in, like, investing in, like, rental property. So that's kind of, like, my next bigger goal. Good for you. Well, let me know when you're ready because we're about to do a real when you're ready like whenever you're ready please 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 reach out like if you have any questions i definitely i want to be of as much service to you as possible yes love it anyway okay so guys we're winding down is there anything you want people to know any final words and we're going to take questions from y'all too yeah we're going to do a few minutes of questions for either of us specifically with candace again it does seem like we can invest and save money at the same time as long or, or sorry, pay you off debt at the same time yeah. Yeah. as long as we're kind of focusing on that. Anyway, yeah. any final words? 
Yeah, I think that it, when you have a lot of debt, it's easy to just kind of feel like way down, like, you know, this debt is never going to go down, you know? And what I, I did is like, I didn't even look at, but like, I would track my net worth, but I, when I'm focusing on like the debt, what I'm paying down that month, I'm not focusing on like the huge, like, you know, $26,000. I'm just focusing on that one debt balance that I'm trying, the smallest balance that I'm trying to eliminate right now. And so that was helpful for me because it's like, okay, now it just makes it like seem more possible. Like, oh, okay, I only got $5,000. Yeah. And then once that's done, then just move on to the next one. So it's not like this total large amount, and I feel overwhelmed. Like, I just kind of broke it down. So, start um, Yeah, I just think, like, just don't get discouraged. You know, find ways to make extra money if you can, because, you know, the, that extra money that you have can be used towards, you know, paying down this debt or putting that towards your investments. Excellent. Oh, my gosh. Candice, thank you so much. Seriously, thank you so much for taking time, y'all. Again, this is kind of impromptu, somewhat... So I really appreciate you taking the time out. I, it really does mean a lot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I actually have, like, a free net worth tracker if your audience is interested in. Absolutely. You know, tracking their net worth every month is the one that I use digitally. It's like an Excel spreadsheet. It actually does the math for you. So if you put in your assets and you put in your debt, like, it'll calculate the net worth, your net worth number. So that's actually just located in the link in my bio if you guys want to Excellent. sign up. Yeah. Excellent. I'll make sure I have that in the show notes. You guys, please take advantage of that because... I might do that myself. I hate math. I said it. I don't like it. I said it. I know. I talk about money. Isn't that something? So you too, guys, can be wealthy and not <laughs> math. Anyway. It's possible. It's possible, yeah, y'all. Good at math, girl. That's why I got my design degree. And I was like, okay, peace out. <laughs> Keep it moving. Excellent. Okay. Questions, guys. And don't. we don't have time for shy. We don't have time for shy. If you have any questions, let us know. Said, is a spending account the same as a 401k? I don't believe they're the same. I don't think they're the same either. I, 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 I don't actually, hold on. What I'm going to do, because I'm not 100% sure. I, I know it's not the same. spending is like what your company gives you to like spend money on something else. But it's not like a 401k investment though. A flex spend. No, it's not. I, know, I haven't been in corporate America in so long now that I'm like, yo, what is a flex spending yeah. again? <laughs> I don't know. And I've been, y'all, I've been out of the game. Y'all, I get fired all the time. I get, oh my God, it's, sorry, I shouldn't say that loud. I ain't gonna lie, I got time to lie to y'all. Uh, wait, flexible spending account. Is that like an HSA? Flexible spending. Oh, maybe it's maybe that is a part of the HSA. Somebody, it's in, the, somebody in the somebody in the comments help us out. Like, yeah, y'all, we should. Flexible spending, flexible spending. It sounds like to me, so there's something called an, an HSA account, which is um, like it's like a health savings account. It's also known as a flex spending, from what I remember. Basically, it's money that you put away on top of um, like your IRA or um, if you're putting away from your 401k or insurance, you also take money into that. But that goes only to health and health stuff. Oh, you can I invest see. that oh, money. Yeah. But, and okay. you get a card, you use it only for health. Got it. But I don't know if that's okay. a flex spending. Well, I just, okay, I just know for sure that they're not the same. Yeah, they're I definitely not the same. same. They're definitely not the okay. same. Okay, is there any other questions? Someone says, I want to invest in a rental property, but I have $19,000 in credit card debt, so I've been hesitant. Um, I think that's the Ashley question. Yeah, <laughs> I, so. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I don't like debt at all. And I think, I'm not necessarily going to say that you should be 100% debt-free before you start investing, because when buying property, leverage isn't, there's a difference between debt and leverage. 
in my opinion, but they're both forms of debt. Leverage is, is used intentionally to earn more money. And um, I, won't, I would say you can do it, but I think that you have a, a good grasp on your debt. So if you're aggressively paying off your debt, if you, are, if you have a, a good plan on how you're taking care of that, your credit card, yeah, your credit card debt, then I would, I, could, I would pursue it. But if it's just there, no, you need to make, you got to handle that. You got to make sure you handle that first. At least get a grasp on that before you start investing. Just like what you did, Candace, you did the same thing. You, you're dabbling in like investing, but you're being aggressive yeah, with so, the credit card yeah. debt. So that's what I would do. Yeah. I would do what, what Candace did. But they don't need, yeah, they don't, y'all, they don't teach us any of this. That's what we're learning now. Never too late to learn, y'all. It's never too late to learn. Yeah, never too late. Never that's too true. late. Any other question, guys? Don't be shy. Going? Yeah, well, this was great. Okay, perfect. Okay. Thanks again, Candace. Fabulous. This will be available online. Sorry, on my, um, on my podcast on Thursday. Also, Candace, we may need to do, like, see if we could do another challenge. That sounds super fun. I don't know if you're doing them anymore. No pressure. Huh? It was, it was a fun challenge. Yeah, I, I feel like other people have done them since then. Like, I've had people that have been in my challenge, and then they created their really? own challenge. I've never heard. I've never heard of it before. I've never known oh, to do wow, that. Oh, wow, really? Yes, yeah, never I knew. I think we may have to. We'll, we'll, we'll be brewing. We'll be brewing. But anyway, Candice, thank you so much again for coming. She's like, okay, good. We have some interest. Thank you so much for coming. You're amazing. Seriously, you're truly amazing. We, we really, really, really appreciate it. And um, I don't know how this ends, so stay stay fabulous. I really don't know what to do now. You guys.